very, it's antimicrobial, antibacterial, it's anti-inflammatory, it's very good for skin. So we believe it's going to be big in the skincare industry where, you know, they use a small amount and, and the cost won't be as prohibitive. Some people call it the stem cell of this cannabis plant because it is the first compound that the plant produces. As the plant grows through its growth stage, it synthesizes the CBG into THC or CBD. It's the precursor cannabinoid. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Michael Townsend from Hemptown, USA. Michael, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk to you because since the passing of the 2018 Farm Bill in the U.S., hemp farming has just exploded. And it's mostly fueled by the demand for biomass and hemp extract, which I got to say, Hemptown, USA looks perfectly positioned to supply this demand. To get started, I thought maybe we would talk about how well you're positioned. Let's jump in and talk about your hemp farming operation. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just want to mention that we did start in 2018. We had a crop in 2018, which we've been able to monetize between February and April of this year. Approximately $10 million worth of hemp we grew on 110 acres in Oregon. And this year we've expanded that farm for the 2019 season to 500 acres. And we're also planting a novel cannabinoid profile, which is CBG cannabigerol. Yeah, so you're, last year you did 110 acres, and this year you're quadrupling that, bringing it up over 500 acres. I think I read on your website that you're in a couple other states too. Correct. Yes, we have a joint venture in Colorado where we're actually farming a thousand acres, uh, of which uh, we have a 50% interest, so net 500 to us. And then also we're in Kentucky. And in Kentucky, we have 24 farmers that are all Philip Morris tobacco farmers that wanted to try hemp farming. Three states, and I, I wasn't keeping up with the math, but it's a lot of a lot of acres. 1,500 is the number we're using. Wow. And that's approximately 3 million plants. Yeah, I was going to ask, just give us an idea of how many pounds would you project to harvest this year? Yeah, so it's, it's again, it's around that 3 million number. We project about 1.24, 1.25 pounds per plant. And there's 1,650 plants per acre. So that's about 2,000 pounds per acre. Okay. And then 1,500 acres at 3 million pounds. The, you know, the CBD dominant biomass is trading in the sort of $30. Last year, we got $56 for our Oregon biomass, but it was it's very superior biomass. And we timed it really, really well. Uh, this year, we sort of in our model, we've got it between 25 and $30 in our financial model for the CBD, which we have 2 million pounds of. And then the CBG sells for a couple of hundred dollars a pound. And there's just not a lot of it around. We actually ended up with 43% of the seeds that were produced this year. So we're the dominant player in the United States. I saw that, that you made a really significant investment in CBG. You know, you talked about it a minute ago, but maybe just expand a little bit further on the difference between yeah, CBD so, and CBG, obviously it's worth more money because it's not grown as much. It works a little bit better than the CBD. And, you know, on specific things, it's, it's very, it's antimicrobial, antibacterial, it's anti-inflammatory, it's very good for skin. So we believe it's going to be big in the skincare industry where, you know, they use a small amount and, and the cost won't be as prohibitive. Some people call it the stem cell of the cannabis plant because okay. it is the first compound that the plant produces. 
as the plant goes through its growth stage, it synthesizes the CBG into THC or CBD. It's the precursor cannabinoid. Wow. I mean, you really made a commitment to this. I think you told me that 25% of your plants in the ground right now are CBG yeah, producing plants. Yeah, even higher plants. than that. We're one, 1 million out of 3 million, and uh, we paid wow. $2 million for those seeds. Those seeds are $2 each if you can get them, and no one else can get them right now. <laughs> uh, I think as time passes, they'll become more prevalent in the market. And then we also bought Oregon CBD seeds test crop of CBG. So they test in the fields for three years before they commercialize the seed. We bought their test crop as well, so we got a couple thousand pounds of CBG. Well, it seems like you've cornered the CBG market. I hear insane numbers for the margin, like as high as 80% margins. Just give us an idea, yeah, a realistic or, or, idea. Or, of what... even, or even higher. No! Um, you know, it costs, us, it, it costs us only about $5 a pound to, to, well, with the CBG, it's $6 a pound because we have to spend the extra dollar. Oh, jeez. So about $6 a pound. Retail, we you know, close to two hundred dollars a pound, so that's you know ninety five percent margins over cost of goods sold. I mean, obviously we have overhead, et cetera, et cetera, but very high margin product. Yeah, not and, bad. Uh, and then you know the CBD is also north of fifty percent margins, and then so we blend it down. We have more CBD, so overall our margins are coming in around seventy five percent. Yeah, the two together. Wow, that's just so good. That's so good. Now you just mm-hmm. you just finished around. <laughs> this is you know just continue with your hot streak. Yeah, you hope to raise $18 million. You passed that like partway through. You got oversubscribed. You actually took in $24 million in that round. And $24 million Canadian dollars. That's right, on our Series A round. Yeah, we're very happy with that. But we have been deploying capital quickly. In order to be a low-cost producer, which we want to be in that low-quartile cost producer, we've spent a lot of money on mechanizing. So millions and millions of dollars have gone into infrastructure to reduce the labor costs, get our costs down so we can be the low-cost producer and supply some of these big brands. The reason we think you haven't seen the big brands come into the CBD space yet is it just hasn't gotten down to that price where they can afford to put it into a can of whatever it is. So back to the the raising capital. I mean, I heard everybody give a sigh when I told them that you'd close that round, but everyone's going to be excited to hear that you've opened up another round. Yeah, that first round was a convertible debenture, which is typical in a Series A and then we just decided we wanted to do an equity raise. We needed a bit more money. We actually had a very good acquisition recently. We bought a company called Kirkman Group, and they're a nutraceutical. They have been in business for 70 years. They have 400 SKUs. They have a GMP, CGMP facility, 25,000 square feet. They have a FDA pharmaceutical manufacturing license, a big platform for us to blend and formulate CBG, CBD products. Plus, they're already doing $6 million a year in revenue, and we think with our skills at marketing and we can probably get just with their products alone we can get them up to 10 million a year in revenue so we needed to raise some more capital we're doing a, a raise right now with $1.70 US it puts the valuation of the company at about 125 million US okay we're raising about 15 million dollars US at that level and we've been in New York last week we're in New York again this week Toronto the following week it's been it's been good. We've been taking lots of meetings, and uh, everyone wants to talk to us. That's well. I'm not surprised, especially given the margins and the position that you guys have found yourself in. All of this is tied into a potential IPO in what, Q4 this year. Is that the game plan? Yeah. So uh, we, we're going to have to make a decision here probably in the next 45 days. There's a there's a couple of banks up in Canada. Canaccord's our lead that they prefer to see us go to the big board TSX IPO, get it done faster, get out in front of some of the other groups that may be thinking about an IPO, and then uplist onto NASDAQ in, in the new year. 
And then there's there's other groups we're talking to. We already have a couple of U.S. banks that uh, we're working with, and they would prefer to see it on NASDAQ. We've spoken to NASDAQ. NASDAQ has cleared us as far as hemp goes now that it's federally legal. So if we elected to do a NASDAQ IPO, we would probably get a better valuation, probably get more liquidity, but it would take another three months, another quarter. We'll make that decision in the next 45 days. I think it's, you know, the money will decide ultimately if we have a bank that says, listen, here's $100 million, you're going public on the TSS. We'll say, yes, sir. Yeah. And it definitely will influence investors' decisions right now with this round that you're in the middle of right now. So, yeah, well, we're we... definitely on the fast track to an IPO. We're, <laughs> we're we're doing, you know, we have the auditors engaged, the audits underway. We're full steam ahead towards an IPO. Well, you're full speed ahead on a lot of different things. <laughs> but we've been speaking with Michael Townsend from Hamptown, USA, and I have all of his information on the MJ Bulls website, including if investors are interested, we can get you all that information on our website. Michael, thanks for being on the show. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I really appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to talking to any of your uh, listeners. Good luck with this. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.